a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the Restricted Section, the podcast in which I am breaking up with Harry Potter and it's the most necessary breakup I've ever been through, including Matt. Hey listeners, you may have noticed that my microphone is facing the wrong way. Don't worry, this will be remedied in due time, sooner rather than later. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Chapter 28, Flight of the Prince in which Snape reveals that he's the half-blood prince and very literally gets away with murder. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is Andrew. Say hello to the listeners, Andrew. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. And our special guest today is Zach, host of Belated Binge Podcast. Say hello to the listeners, Zach. Hi. How the hell have you been since you were on for... Weren't you on for one of the last chapters of the last book, too? I was. I was. It seems to be a theme. Yeah, you're a closer. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take. I, I assume that that means that what I bring to your podcast is of such high quality that you want to make yeah. sure that it is near the climax of the book. It's true. No, it's true. And also, I think that during the climaxes, I need someone who's willing to like stop every sentence and be like, "So, what exactly is going on here?" <laughs> That may need to happen a lot in this particular chapter, yes. because what in the actual fuck is going on in most of this chapter? Uh, right. Running. Both from demons and towards catastrophes. So, <laughs> so much running. It's literally like an 80s, like, morning cartoon, right? Because, like, you could tell that they were trying to save on the story budget, so they just keep cutting to running. At different (laughs) points, and they're like, no, no, we can use that clip one more time. It's fine. Everyone's like, I don't know. He's been running pretty much the entire time. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Now he's running by Hagrid's hut, so... It's like that bit from the Holy Grail where he's running and he run, he's running yeah, and he exactly. gets any closer. <laughs> now I'm just disappointed there was no anvil falling out of the sky or a grand piano falling off of Hagrid's hut. None, none of that happened. That's really unfortunate. <laughs> no Frenchmen flopping their hands on top of this hut. So Zach, tell me where does Half-Blood Prince fall into your ranking of Harry Potter books? It's the best book, and I will not be told otherwise. Oh, love it. I love the confidence. Do you want to elaborate? This is the book that it's the only one that I would just go back to and just like read as a standalone book in the entire series. It also culminates like the main uh, portion of the spot in the series that is my favorite to go back to and just like read through to the end. Uh, We we actually discussed that spot in the last time that I was on this podcast. Oh. It's at the very end of Order of the Phoenix when Dumbledore comes in and just rounds everybody up like, you mm. know, a, a lasso. The only one he ever feared. That is the yep. one. Oh, yeah. And you were on that one, Zach. Why did I think we recorded with 
Somebody else that doesn't. Because I'm very forgettable. Uh, but <laughs> my, 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 that's my yeah, favorite true. point in the series to just like jump in and then finish it out because I feel like <laughs> that's when it just kind of like, you know, is uh, depressing. The, the shit. Well, the shit's like really. <laughs> Shit just got real. Yeah. 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 And and it's like moving to the crescendo, if you will. And Half-Blood Prince to me, Half-Blood Prince is the, uh, it's the like detective book. I love the memory scenes with Dumbledore, all of the investigative nature. Like my, one of my favorite TV show genres is like cop drama type stuff. And so this is the cop drama book of this series. If you wanted to make law and order, uh, as a, as a spinoff thing, I would be totally down oh my God, that's to so do funny. that. Um, law not my order. idea. Yeah. Not, not my idea. I cannot claim it, but I would watch it. It's pretty solid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also, um, I think it's, I think we'll probably get into it, but this chapter is one that I always forget as a chapter. Like Ooh. I always think it's just like a, a piece of the other chapter. Yeah. Like the previous chapter is where Dumbledore dies. And then the following chapter is where he's like in the uh, hospital yeah. wing and like telling the story. And basically I told you sewing everybody and yeah. this stuff sure happens <laughs> in between. And I always think that it's just like part of those two. I forget. It's a oh, standalone yeah. thing. And it's also the chapter that I think kind of breaks the book series kind of completely uh which i hope okay. to get into at some point in time so oh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm a huge fan of this book i love it uh in this this chat despite the fact that i think this chapter breaks the series <laughs> cool i love that i've been enjoying this book a lot um andrew you were on for the first chapter of this book mm-hmm. um the half blood prince and you will not be on again until our group therapy so far, what's a what's a, a pulse check on how you're feeling compared to when we first started reading it? I don't know, to be honest. I the reread has been kind of traumatic. Like looking at it in a much more scathing, you know, posture. Yeah. But I do think of the books, it's kind of come out the least affected by that if that makes sense uh, okay it kind of it has enough because it's not just like a typical you know it, it's not like other harry potter books it's you know it's, <laughs> it's a, a very special book yeah it's well it's just it's not it's not exactly the same it's there's something about the pacing and about the overall like feeling about it that it feels more mature it feels more like you said, it's almost like a gumshoe book, right? Like like an old school like detective novel points. It's just it's very <laughs> different, and it's mm-hmm. it's entertaining in a way that I don't think they were for a couple of books now. I think it has an incredible balance of the teenage like nonsense at school drama happening alongside the arc of hey, we also eventually have to kill a serial killer and that kind of is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And we're really actually making steps towards that. It's the first book where Dumbledore and Harry are actually working together towards that common goal. And it is happening alongside like 
oh, hey, by the way, Ron's getting laid over here, and that's a big problem for Hermione. <laughs> and like, yeah, and that him. stuff just sort of like, yeah, it 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 balances it. Plus, like, Ginny's actually awesome in this book, despite sure the is. movie's yep. best efforts to make sure that she's terrible. She's <laughs> really, really great in this book. So it's it's just a fun, it's a good, fun, balanced book. And if you're, as I know you are, into the whole uh, Harry Draco obsession piece you get plenty oh, of that I'm too into it. oh i'm into it there's no there's no denying it like this book is the gayest thing i've ever read with my own two eyes <laughs> um okay well fuck yeah let's get into it let's get into the chapter andrew i'll circle back on that question in our uh, group therapy episode how about that okay i'll remind you of whatever you said when i asked you in the pregame episode <laughs> whatever please remember what you mouth. said <laughs> So, yeah, today we're talking about the flight of the prince. So, who remembers what happened last week on Harry Potter? Eh, nothing big. <laughs> kind, of a throw- died. kind of a throwaway episode, really, you know. Who's Dumbledore? Dumbledore died, <laughs> and I'm not going to stop quoting my friend Becca. Quote, this one's going to look really bad for Snape. They're going to be really mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> Not as mad as the people outside of the Barnes and Noble that had the car driving by. Snape killed Dumbledore! Oh my god. Oh my god. They're more mad. Yeah. They're still mad. Just throwing it out there too, that was a much more universal experience than people thought. It was not limited to one place that people drove by. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't understand what's wrong with people. Well, you gotta remember, I think a lot of them were just guessing here. Right. Because like people figured either Dumbledore is going to die or someone big has got to die. Right. Like we're going into the sixth book. Someone big is going to die by the end of it. That's just the pattern of like the narrative arc. So like it was pretty obvious who the most like. Who needs to get nerfed. Who needs to get nerfed. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when I realized my microphone was facing the wrong way. It's like, how are we going to enjoy Harry's success in the final book if Dumbledore's telling him what to do the whole time? Right. Then he mm-hmm. never actually achieves it on his own. He's he's just a very good instruction follower. Like, that's not a hero. That's an right. aristocrat. Yeah. It's actually in this chapter, too, the immediate quote and sentence that explains exactly why Dumbledore had to die exists oh, in yeah. this chapter that we're about to discuss. Okay. Okay, so let's get into it. The last thing that happened (laughs) is Dumbledore got hit with Snape's Avada Kedavra curse, and he flew off the side of the tower. Severus, please. It's, I mean, I'm affected. Right right now, I'm affected. And I spent all day today editing last week's episode. (laughs) So I'm just like living in this. Thoroughly depressed. Yeah, like I'm living in this hell where Dumbledore's always dying. It's like all <laughs> all day long he's been like hovering about to drop. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the most <laughs> graceful arc possible. So graceful, like a phoenix. So you're like Harry in this moment who's just like, I have to get to Snape and bring him to Dumbledore and that's going to undo everything. It's going to undo everything. And if I can touch the matter to the antimatter... Control Z, Control Z, Control Z. (laughs) 
Oh my god. Sorry, Command Z. Are you are y'all Apple people? No, I'm a, not no. an Apple person. I mean, I have an iPhone, but <laughs> I have an iPhone, an iWatch, an iPad, but I'm not really an Apple person. I just I can't do a Mac computer for sure. <laughs> so the Dumbledore has just died. I like can't get past this part of the first. If this is before this chapter even starts, Dumbledore has just died. Yep. Harry, I'm screaming. I can hear it echoing in my ears. Harry is <laughs> no longer paralyzed, which I think that we all, even though he doesn't really take a second to process that, I think we all know yeah. that it's because the caster has died. Yeah. Um, the Death Eaters leave the tower and Harry runs. Uh, after them, he gets the last Death Eater with <laughs> Petrificus Totalis, the classic non-killing good guy spell. And he runs. He runs so far away. He runs, really runs does. a ton. He's running. Runs a ton. Now, you mentioned that he didn't take a second to think about it, which he brings up later. Is like he knew mm-hmm. in that moment. But is it? Is that true? Like, I think that's that. Uh, I think that. They, uh, what am I trying to say? The, are you talking and, about the trope that when a magic caster dies, their spells go away? Yeah, I guess what I'm thinking of is in this. Like, wouldn't. Wouldn't there be other ways that it could be lifted other than Dumbledore being dead? Like, yeah, like if Dumbledore of, lifted it. Yes. Or, or like a lack, like if he just like broke his concentration on it. Like those, those types of things. I guess I don't understand the, the lore it's, well enough to say like, well, it must be because he was dead. I, I, I don't think it's as much a lore thing. I think it's more, this I is think what it the is story. Well, I mean, there is, there's, I guess Draco's held on Harry been there that like, if you, if you're casting a concentration, traded spell you know but i've definitely read other works where Uh a magic user dies and their spell disappears can i tell you what those works are no because i've read (laughs) fucking like five thousand books in my life and at least half of them have been fantasy yeah i so but i i urge any of my listeners to please hit us up and you can tag all three of us in the discord if you have any other examples because i don't remember yeah i totally i'm totally on board with when the caster dies, the magic dies. I that part does, but it it, oh, okay. it just hit me where it was like, well, that must be the explanation. He must be dead, and I'm like, would there be no other way for it to break other than him to be mm-hmm. dead? I I just feel like the circumstances are giving death. <laughs> like, yeah, and I think there's supposed to be kind of an analogy to like a year ago at this time when Sirius went through the veil, he was like denying it constantly, right? Like, yeah. He was like, it's, he can't be dead. He can't be dead. He can't be dead. He can't be dead. This is a Harry that is a year older and is much more ready he's like, for no, like the fights that are about dead. to come. And he's like, not only can he be dead, he is definitely he's dead. He's probably yeah. dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's and the so, crazy thing about this chapter is like, we're, we're inside his head as he's coming to that realization. Right. Cause he starts off yeah. just like, like, no, no way. Like, like I said, he's. I got to go get to Snape and I got to get to Dumbledore. If I can get the two together, it's going to go like that's his immediate thought. But by the end of the chapter, he's completely accepted it as fact. He's like, Mm -hmm. nope, he's in a lump on the ground. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of wild. It it is really wild. Harry runs out into the school, into the fray. There's like an open battle. That's cool. That's a cool place for that. 
Spoilers. <laughs> what? For another oh, cool, big cool open place battle. for a battle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already preparing that for that to be a three hour episode. <laughs> it's, such a long, it's, it's literally at least the 30 page long chapter. Like it goes on forever. The DA is out of bed and they're fighting. The Order of the Phoenix is fighting the Death Eaters and it's really, really hectic. Um, everyone evil is fat. In case you need to know who the evil ones are, they're the fat ones. They're just like flomping around with their pig faces or whatever. I, w- I wish I was joking, but like there literally is a line about like this guy laughs like a pig or whatever. And I'm like, hey, man, I got friends who laugh like pigs. Like it doesn't mean he's evil. Why is this the only thing about this character? He's a giant person who laughs like a pig. Oh, it was something like a pig. How well do you know your friends? Maybe they're evil. <laughs> they're evil oh my god this explains so much that would not be the most surprising thing <laughs> ever so he's chasing Snape towards the front door he's free this is gonna be the shortest recording guys there everything happens so quickly in this it's a really fast chapter I know yeah. he is chasing Snape toward the front door he's like get out of my way people are like Harry Harry and he's like fuck off <laughs> Yeah, he's just straight up mowing people down, too. Like, he, he just does not give team. a fuck. This is the first time that Harry acknowledges, like, my mission is so much more important than the rest of you all. Yeah, that all you guys fuck off. <laughs> you all keep doing your not-me things, and I'm going to chase after the former uh, potions master because I need to... I'm going to save you all. Yeah. I've got a saving people thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that he gets moments, though. He gets moments to notice, like, his his friends, like, in key mm-hmm. you know, situations yes. where, where, like, Ginny's there. Uh, I also got completely taken out of the chapter when listening to the audiobook, and she sounded like some combination of Snape and Greyback when <laughs> oh, she was, yeah. Harry, Power. where did you come from? And the way that it was said, it was like, Harry, where did you come from? And I'm like, that's Ginny? Ginny's been smoking when? He loses his track. There's too many. Ginny's yeah. been just smoking cowboy killers for the last uh, <laughs> three years or so. Two packs a day. For those who, like, aren't American, that's, yeah, I was going to say that's a euphemism for, is it specifically reds? Yeah, Marlboro reds. Yeah, cigarettes. It's, it's cigarettes. Those are very, very popular amongst my group growing up uh Same. Mm-hmm. they also yeah they leave a leave a mark anyways i think it's called i think death. reds are so yeah. fucking nasty they do yeah. they leave a dark mark over you that's for sure <laughs> they, do. they do which happened in this chapter too uh oh my but i i like that he gets that moment with Ginny, and she's like you know dancing and doing fun things and he just like dancing. wax dude in the face with whatever mm-hmm. he, it, it's just a, a hex apparently which also by the way, took me out of the chapter. The hexes, I'm using quotes that that yeah. Death Eater was using towards Ginny, were freaking Crucio. Yeah. Yeah, there, the, I was noticing, too, that, like, a lot of the language about magic in chapters like this is so weird and, like, inconsistent. And there's a lot of, like, it's, like, half the team is throwing killing curses. The other half is, like, doing, like, a dancing forever curse. And like, what is a hex? Like, what is a curse? What's a jinx? Why are only three of them illegal? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. And I know that there are I, there are Harry Potter nerds that are like, no, these are the rules. And I'm like, this chapter does not know the rules. 
Yeah. And neither do I <laughs> after reading it. But right. I like that he got that moment to see her kind of like in her element. And she was like doing cool shit because she's actually awesome. And yeah, she does not need no man. And how he like trips over Neville and has a moment to like check on Neville. And he's like, yeah. I'm all right. You know, Snape and Draco, they went that way. And he's like, I know I'm on it. And then he, you know, whacks another person in the face with a, a hex of some sort just, <laughs> and just, just takes saying. off running again. We're running he does, again. <laughs> he does jump over two downed bodies, and he's yes, like, he no, time, no, "No time, no time." We no will idea process who those are. this emotionally later. Let's go. Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's wild. It is. There's so much going on. He chases Snape and Malfoy all the way down on the grounds toward the gates, and so like the the Death Eaters are trying to apparate away. They need to get outside the school's borders, mm-hmm. which have no we've all been there security on them now because Dumbledore took all of the security away on his way in I I don't know if it would hold them in (laughs) but maybe it could have (laughs) which is also sort of weird to me I know that didn't you read Hogwarts a history uh says that you can't apparate in and out of Hogwarts but I also it it says you can't it doesn't say anything about Albus Dumbledore well, True right. <laughs> but Dumbledore was able to lift that particular enchantment for yeah. their apparition lessons in the Great Hall. Yeah. So my question is, if the headmaster of said school just got murdered, can you still not apparate in and out? Great of question. Because we were talking in the last chapter or maybe the one before about how he is like taking down all of these protections yeah. As he's flying into the school, like he obviously personally maintains a lot of the magic of this school. Yes. So, so. so he, here's my here's my personal like pocket theory, right? Like my headcanon. Okay. In I like pocket theory better. Can you just leave it? No, I just theory? taught Andrew I just taught Andrew the word headcanon like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've known headcanon for a long time. I canon, I taught you what it was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, in, in British monarchy, right, there's this theory that the moment that one monarch dies, that instant, right, the spirit of monarchy itself and, like, the idea of the ruler of Britain and all of its outlying, you know, colonies instantly transfers to the next in line, right? Like, it is an instantaneous moment. And I think that the leadership of Hogwarts works on the same principle. The moment that, like, a leadership, the, the top leader of Hogwarts is taken out for whatever reason, it's like, within the next, before the next breath is taken, the deputy whatever is... So are you saying that McGonagall knew Dumbledore was dead before she ever found out because she, like, felt all this magic, like, shift unto her? Yeah. Probably. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that's cool as hell. I like that in concept, too. And then in the next book, when she rouses all of the statues, which I'm <laughs> weeping, and like maybe that's because she still like inherently had like because, the power of the school behind because her. Because the school recognizes the actual transference of the power as opposed yeah. to like the fake bullshit. It, you it know, didn't let yeah. Umbridge. So that that would be my personal theory right there. Okay. I'm buying it. I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. I'm not going to take us off on this particular side tangent, but I. Sounds like you are. I th- well, the only piece to that is Snape did get Dumbledore's office. 
Yeah. He did. You're right about that. And but that was all part of the plan. I know. Mm-hmm. It was part of the plan. So that's the only piece that I might yeah. quibble with. Everything else I like. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're Everything right, else you're I right. like. Well, he- here's the real question then. Okay. How much of Dumbledore's going-ons with Snape do you think McGonagall knew? None. None? N- okay. None. Because yeah. McGonagall, when McGonagall and Snape fight in the next chapter, which I'm literally so fucking lit about, like I'm so fucking lit for that chapter. <laughs> it's so good. I think that she's fighting with a genuine and pure rage. Yeah. Like she thinks that he's a guilty piece of shit. Right. I also think she might be screwing up the whole plan too. But what that's another chapter. Yeah, like Dumbledore's whole plan? Yeah, I, I wonder if that was Snape's uh, search and quest to try to find Harry in that moment wasn't to transfer the information he was supposed to transfer to Harry before Voldemort stormed the castle to come get him. Rather than having to rely on memory tears, because memory tears is the next uh, like next memory chance tears. that he sees Harry and can transfer that information. I think yeah. McGonagall actually interrupted that and Flitwick, Ooh. you know, chasing him out of the castle, stopped Whoa. him from being able to share that information that he was supposed to share. You mean in this book right now? No, in the next in oh, the oh, the oh, chapter oh. you're talking about when okay, they okay, duel okay. I see what you're saying. to say that like yeah I, I, like, I don't think McGonagall again? knew anything I don't think McGonagall knew anything outside of what the rest of the Order of the Phoenix knew about Snape yeah. being an undercover agent in the Death Eaters. I think that the only thing that McGonagall has that other Order of the Phoenix members don't have is I think, and we just talked about this in the last chapter, I think, um, that McGonagall and Snape, I think, had a genuine, like, partnership. I think they genuinely, like, worked together a lot and had Mm -hmm. a certain level of respect for each other. So I think that, Mm -hmm. like... Which is part of the reason that she gets so hurt by... Yeah, Yeah, like, more so than anyone else, she has a reason to be, like, not only... Not only do I just trust Dumbledore's judgment, but like I trust my own judgment, and I've been working with this guy for a long time, and I, I think underneath it all, he he like is good. And then she's like proven wrong. You prove McGonagall wrong. You betray her. <laughs> You're gonna you? fucking die. You're gonna die. <laughs> uh, alas, what chapter are we in now? It doesn't matter. Oh, running, 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 and running, running, and running, running, and running, running. Which is what the the flight of the prince is what that other chapter should be called because he flies away. Yeah, and this one is the sacking of Severus Snape because it's like don't come back, but then he does come back. He he does. He I can't does. believe that. I cannot believe whatever we can talk about it in the next book. I guess <laughs> we'll get there. They're all running down onto the grounds toward the gates. Mm-hmm. Um, the they're attacking Hagrid, which I don't even think he's. Doing anything? There's, I think he's just like fucking around in his house. There's this weird ass trope in these books that Hagrid has to be attacked by a group of wizards that don't seem to understand. Like your spells aren't going to do anything. They ran an article about how he has giant blood. Like the last yeah. time this happened. Oh no, that was after that too. How do they not know that he has giants? Isn't? I mean, they do, but I also don't think that they do a lot of fighting of giants. 
Mm. Well, I I just feel like <laughs> that's, that's maybe something you know is that their skin is impervious to. Do these people know spells? a lot about anything? Wow, great question. Like, I mean, they know how to light a straw house on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and and two, I can't believe I'm defending them in any way, but the way that Harry describes it in the text as he's like running is Hagrid must have tried to stop them. Mm. Yeah, from lighting so, his house on fire well, with his no, dog from getting inside. out. Oh, from getting out. From get yeah, like that's how he got roped into the fray. Is yeah. he he was the barrier between them and the the barrier. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> I don't know why it's just giving me D and D. It's like I cast a wall, but then it's like, well, I fucking cast a wall, and it's like, okay, well. Now well, we're now we have two here. walls. <laughs> I'm casting a fucking Hagrid, <laughs> who is also a wall. Also never played D&D in my life. Okay, well, you should. I think you'd be really good at it because it's not not commentating on sports, which is something that you like. <laughs> yep. There you go. Go out and buy um, Baldur's Gate and give it a try and you'll know whether or not you like it. True that. I'm literally sitting here talking to you guys just thinking about how I'm going to be playing Baldur's Gate after this. <laughs> But I do think, well, speaking, I mean, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, I feel like the author likes to give Hagrid opportunities to rage. And I can't tell, like every other book or so, he, I think like every other book, he gets like a rage strength check. And then like every other book, he gets like, like a non-rage strength check where he has to like carry something. But I think that I'm thinking about when um, Umbridge and them like attacked his house or whatever and tried to take him to prison or whatever they did. And like he like hulks out. And I can't tell if I like that for his character because he's obviously like a good guy who spends a lot of time being extremely gentle. And I'm like, is it cool that he gets to hulk out or is it like derivative of his character that he gets to hulk out? I don't know. Well, and there's a part of like after reading the way that Rowling writes about like different races and different, you know, different creatures and whatnot. There's a part that also gets real uncomfortable because it's like, let me activate my genetic advantage that I have. It just, it feels weird whenever yeah, sure he like do. connects sure to his giant blood. It's like, well, let's not focus on that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess if she had written, I and then this is probably kind of what you were saying, Andrew, but like, if she had written giants and gianthood in a way that was like genu like generally celebratory, <laughs> then like having him hulk out giant mode, it's like, well, that's cool and fun. But since she wrote about them so horrifically and was like, they were too strong and stupid, all killed themselves. And it's like, yeah. oh, man, I don't I don't like that. Don't like that at all. Mm -mm. I like it because it gives him a a sense of um, I think the one thing that I read about the inspiration of his character was a uh, biker that she encountered in her life um, that was that was just like a very like gentle man or whatever but also a lot of them are a lot of them right. aren't and that's a lot of them that's are. why I like as as a I mean there's there's three helmets behind me oh uh, <laughs> so um as so like I like the idea that it was inspired by like a gentle biker, but at the same time, like he has don't the ability. Yeah. Don't poke the bear. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if you don't want, if you don't want to find out, don't fuck around. And 
the these are the moments in the books for people to find out when it comes yeah. to Hagrid because he's he's kind. Of, it, it reminds me of my my favorite um my favorite musician is Brantley Gilbert and he said it in an interview at one point in time he's like you know those of us and he's a he's a big biker dude um and he said he says like the most of us that look like we can handle it it's the last thing that we actually want to do yeah so like don't make us go there oh my god like and i like that hagrid's (laughs) my favorite character He's sure. the big one. He's the big one from Mulan. Okay, not everyone's seen Mulan a hundred times, <laughs> Christina. He's the one who just wants to find the wife they can cook. Which I respected. <laughs> I it didn't hurt for me because I certainly can't cook. <laughs> yeah. Um and then I on the on the flip side, you you have to give Hagrid something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's not good at magic or smarts. So it's like, he has to be strong, dude. His constitution modifier needs to be extremely high. He's got to get through this. <laughs> he's got like a 19 yeah. con modifier. Yeah. Which is modifier. why it's crazy that <laughs> Harry is able to get him drunk this book. <laughs> but he was already drunk, I think, when Harry got there. Yeah, I think he was able to succeed that one on his own. <laughs> yeah, Harry did nothing. Actually. Yeah, Hagrid's, Hagrid's just pretty good at getting the drunk. Right time. <laughs> sure is. That's my guy. Um. Okay, his house is on fire. Just as a reminder, he has so little in this world, his, guys. His house is on fire and somehow Fang is in the house, right? Like, it's a tiny little house that is a yeah. giant dog. It should not be more than, like, a two-second operation to remove it from said house. I'm just saying. like, Yeah, I mean, dog scared might not go outside by itself. This, I mean, I, 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 here, here's something about me. When I was a kid, I was terrified of dogs. I didn't have a family dog. I missed a couple birthday parties because there was a dog about. I was very, very scared of dogs, which is embarrassing (laughs) to me now as a friend to all creatures, big and small, (laughs) teeth or no teeth. (laughs) Um, And so when these books came out, I had not had a dog. Maybe, maybe by the time the last one came out. I don't know. But like, I just had this picture of what a dog was. And I think that I like made assumptions about Fang's character based on the fact that he was a dog. <laughs> but like reading back, I'm like, this dog's a fucking bitch. The, all through this series, this dog's a weenie. I love him to death. What a big doofus. Can't do anything. Doesn't do a single thing to help anyone. <laughs> this whole series, he's just scared the whole time. I love him so much. He's trying his best, okay? I think we need to focus on more on the fact that apparently you're friends with like tapeworms and boat flies because that is not cool. It's cool. I can't see them with the naked eye because my vision's so bad. So, <laughs> I think he's the perfect dog for Hagrid. Again, yes, gen- they gentle. balance each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, just a gentle dude that looks very, very rough. Well, and um, rough. if you're, oh, <laughs> lol, Fantastic. if you're gonna have a dog who gets paralyzed with fear and needs to be carried out of a burning house, you better be big enough to carry, carry that, dog that, that dog out of that house. Out of that house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, we had to carry Cosita one time on a hiking trail because she didn't want to walk past a family. And that dog is 45 pounds, and it's like, good. I can carry that. <laughs> Success. Success. Yes. A big dog? No. <laughs> so Harry tries to stupefy Snape, and Snape finally turns around and starts deflecting everything. Why does Snape turn around instead of start keep running? Is it the villain monologue? It's 
partially the villain monologue, but it's also, I think, partially just being disappointed, right? Because, like, in a way, even though it's not been defense, this has been Snape's protege, like, not protege, but student for a very long time. And I think he genuinely is just so frustrated at this point because he's like, come on, dude, you're not going to fucking hit me with that. You can't say it out loud. You can't. He's like just aggravated. Right. Yeah. Like you're aggravating. Like, I just had to kill Dumbledore because of your dumb ass. And now like <laughs> now you want to try and launch these spells at me stupidly. No, stop it. Be better. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a. I think it kind of serves two purposes. One, well, maybe three, but one is get like, make sure that Harry doesn't aim correct. And, you know, me and Draco don't actually make it. Draco needs to get out of here so that Draco isn't killed. And I need to get out of here. And it's also, this is the two part. One, a kind of final lesson Mm -hmm. to leave Harry with. And also, like, uh, there are Death Eaters behind Harry. So, oh, damn it, they can't kill him either kind of thing. So it's almost like a a last-ditch, you know, help Harry kind of thing. And also, the second piece of it is he's also still got to keep Dumbledore's plan going. Yeah. And I think that part of Dumbledore's plan is that Harry has to hate Snape. Mm. And in this moment, Snape does anything and everything within his power to ensure that Harry hates him with with every fiber of his being. Yes. Could it also be an element of Snape trying to make sure that Harry gets real humbled right before he's not going to have any like real guiding hands. I think that it's like that. I think it's that. And at the same time, it's like the other side of that where Snape's like, you're going to fucking kill us all. You you genuinely, I'm not even mad about your dad anymore. You genuinely just suck. I'm still going to bring it up. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, because because Harry really failed in the cave. Harry really failed up in the tower. Like he, I mean, not that he had like a ton of options, but like Harry's just been. Harry had us no down. options in the tower. Harry's not doing great. I mean, he is. You're right. Okay, he had no options in the tower, but he is currently also, I think, making bad choices. Like he just. I don't know if Snape knows what happened in the cave. I really don't know the depths to which like him and Dumbledore can communicate mentally at like distance, but whatever. I just feel like I, as the reader, I'm like, Oh man, this cannot be up to this guy by himself right now. That cannot be what we're doing. This whole thing is Harry's fault. And that's why I think this chapter kind of breaks the series. Um, and it breaks Harry as a hero. Yeah, so one thing that y'all didn't mention about why Snape turns around and starts fighting is because Harry calls him a coward 16 times and Snape's just done the bravest thing of his entire life. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, like, like, triggered. You don't get to call someone a coward when they're, like, destroying you, right? Like, <laughs> they are absolutely, completely, and utterly so in control of the situation 
that like that's all you can do is he's just trying to piss him off. He's literally lobbing the only grenade he has with any amount of oomph to it. And it's to call Snape a coward, but it's just not even accurate. It's not it's just, accurate. Yeah. It's like, will you please just shut the... Like, I, I just imagine Snape thinking, like, will you please just shut the fuck up? You're so... Like, you are... You don't even realize how stupid you look right now. Yeah, which is... <laughs> that's actually a big part of talking to children. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, most of what talking to children is. <laughs> Like, you have no idea how stupid you look right now, and that's my burden for some reason. <laughs> I I mean, I said this a lot in the last chapter. I'll try not to harp on it, but, like, the finale of this book is just so incredible for Snape. Like, he's really, I think, like, his ultimate decision to, like, fully commit to killing Dumbledore and completing his debt to, the, to him is, like, so interesting. It's so noble, like... It's so brave. Yeah. It is. And I'm not a Snape guy. I, I'm I not a Snape guy. Snape. That this couple of chapters is the whole thing to me. Because every other moment of the entire book series, I can't with him. And especially the prince's tale. This is actually a prime example of why I get so frustrated with Snape. Um, because I, and I've, may or may not have put this on social media and made people mad at me, but I think that I actually don't think that Severus Snape is a very compelling character in this series, but he could have been the most compelling character in this series. And the fact that he goes the entire series bullying children is what breaks it for me. If he just, if he was just a strict teacher and an asshole, Mm-hmm. He could he would have been the most compelling character in this entire series with this with this art and this is like this chapter is a prime example as to why. Right? right? But I can't for me, I can't look past the fact that like, yeah, but it doesn't change the f- like the stripes. You know what I mean? Child like, abuse. Child abuse yeah, you can't, and like his obsession with Harry's mom are both like very unforgivable to me. Yeah, and that's and that's why that's why I care very little about this for Snape. Yeah, I mean, I totally I totally feel you. Yeah, but it could be really 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 good if you <laughs> did if I, you know, just didn't Yeah, if JK Rowling had committed to writing a truly morally gray character, she wouldn't she wouldn't have given him the unforgivable child abuse. And whatever, if she had written like the love thing for his mom better that could have been compelling as it is it comes across across extraordinarily creepy to me like a no from the start and never and never like nothing ever changed between them well she tried to like start off writing him completely dark and irredeemable and then turn him into like a compelling character but the problem is that you've already hit irredeemable and like that word means a certain thing which is like yeah you can't come back from as far as you went. And um actually I like I've had to make that note as an editor before like I've had to write that note and be like, "Hey, you don't have to tell me everything, but like does this character 
turn out to be a good guy because what they're doing right now is like, so bad that like, yeah, it's yeah. so bad that yeah. they could never ever redeem themselves and you shouldn't keep them at on your team. Yeah. You know? so sometimes the actions that you take just land you in sack of shitville. And once you're in sack of shitville, sure, sure. there is no recovery, right? You, you might yeah. be less of a sack of shit, but you're still a sack of shit, right? Sure, and sure. that's sack of shit. the problem that you run into is that because it's also like it's very unartful the way that she tries to like ram this whole chapter about how he was like, you know, he had this like passion about Lily. But like, again, it's just done poorly. It's not well executed and it leaves yeah. more of a creepy factor, like you were saying, than an actual like romantic fact. Like, uh, yeah. It's Zero hard to, romance there. Yeah, it, it's like it's hard to explain how that could even be a non-problematic romance. But like, yeah, because like I think like obviously you guys get it, but like I just think that like reading it as a woman and especially like ever, ever you know, when I first read this, I was fourteen, but like especially ever after having lived my life, this is this guy's nothing but red flags. He's got the creepiest energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very very creepy. Very. I think irredeemable was the correct way of putting him. And so when he does this super interesting shit, I'm like, I, yeah, but I don't, I feel nothing for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel you. you. Know, um, this, I think this scene more than anything makes me wish he was like a better character. Cause yeah. like this is, this yeah. is like all his character could have been is like yeah. right here at the finale the, throughout this whole book. Frankly, he's been extremely interesting and chill in terms of child abuse. If, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, because he's not teaching potions anymore. Because yeah. he's happy, so it's okay for him to, like, not have to abuse children now. <laughs> well, I think we just don't... Well, uh, hang on. This is the book where he tries to sneak attack Harry in front of the entire class. Like, what? literally really? tries to attack a student... Wait, I don't remember that. ...with non-verbal, non like, oh, hex or whatever. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Because okay, that was that was the me. you know Harry does a protego and he says you know no need to call me sir professor no need to call me sir professor oh, it's I'm the greatest like, <laughs> greatest comeback that Harry has in the uh. entire series and and that is I mean that's that's kind of rough that is still yeah. a child that you are trying to attack we don't know and he's and he's trying to do it like he's making a spectacle of it yeah. he's like like this. Oh, yeah, he's no. super excited about it, That's which scary. again, we're in a different chapter, mostly because this chapter is five freaking pages long and it's a lot of running. No, we're um, doing actually a really good job of stretching it. But it's, uh, yeah, otherwise, I think we just don't spend a lot of time with Snape. He's kind of behind the scenes because he's the yeah. half-blood prince. Yeah. So like we're learning about Snape through the unknowingly learning about Snape, which by the way, he tells us in this, does anybody care? Does anybody care? About the Half-Blood Prince reveal. So, okay, wait. Harry <laughs> tries to cast Sectum Semper and Levy Corpus. Mm -hmm. So Snape, that's when he starts monologuing and he confesses to being the Half-Blood Prince. Yes. And I, w I was going to raise the same question, Zach. Like, like, why? Like, so what? Who cares? Yeah. Does care. anyone have a, <laughs> does care. anyone have a answer to that? <laughs> and is anyone really surprised? At, by, by this point, the argument has been laid out and like, you kind of know it's it's him right am i am i yeah, crazy I mean, it, here i mean it might be a reveal like 
I, I can't say that when I first read this, I was like, oh, I knew it was Snape the whole time. But at the same time, it's happening within within a chapter and within context of the book of like, who gives a shit? You just killed yeah, Dumbledore. Dumbledore's dead. Like <laughs> Dumbledore is dead bit. right now. Like I don't. Okay, you. Oh yeah, there was a book. And yeah, for everyone who's been know, wondering the last forty book. years, it is I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and the book's been gone for a while. That's like he true. hid the book a long time ago within context of this book that we're reading. I you know don't... he hid his book within the book that we're reading, which. <laughs> right, like how how many chapters ago was that? I feel like the main purpose the Half-Blood Prince serves is to double down on the feeling of betrayal at this climax, yeah. which I don't think is a good enough reason for the title of the book. You feel me? Yeah, and it doesn't even, like, I don't get hung up on, like, the title of the book and the review. Like, it's just the timing in the moment is like, oh, right. There was the book, but like, I don't care about that book right now. Mm -hmm. And so getting it now was sort of just, I I care a lot less if it was revealed, like, like say it was revealed right before Harry went to the cave with Dumbledore. Yeah. Like it could have packed a huge emotional punch in that moment. Then he blows up at, Dumbledore about the fact that Snape was the reason that his parents were killed because of the prophecy thing. And then they go to the cave. Like it, it compounds to this yeah. moment and then and he gets would, to face him. It like would have added to why he was distracted and failing during the, during the cave. Perhaps. Yeah. Like it, it, that to me, and it's just something that popped into my head now, but like that would have been a really, that would have been a way more impactful moment to have that reveal than now yeah yeah Dumbledore dying is the big thing to happen in this book not not who made the notes in that book a lot of people who like this book have said that they do so because it is a very well executed self-contained mystery and I think that the half-blood prince like serves that purpose of being a fun and interesting what's going on here that like feels mostly fun and fine and just like slightly dangerous. It gets like escalatingly more dangerous. And like, it's like the main interesting thing about this book, I think. And so, but it does other than Dumbledore dying. It doesn't mesh well (laughs) with like this grand plot stuff that's happening. You feel me? Like, like they're not, helping each other like the book plot and the series plot are not helping each other right now right the whole book comes off kind of like harry honestly like not being successful repeatedly for the first time right and so there's a certain element to it as well that when you get to like the end of it when dumbledore dies it's like the ultimate failure on his part right like he he didn't actually I, I mean it wasn't like his fault but like but like it totally feels like it's his fucking but it fault it feels you know? like it's his fault and like yeah because it, like I mean and it kind of is his fault because he could have taken a lot of better steps in the cave to make Dumbledore less fucked up right now well what he could didn't. he have done differently in the cave you keep going back to that yeah. and I'm just curious like what Dumbledore kind of 
purposefully underinformed him. Dumbledore three two yeah. two to three times don't remember two to three times told Harry to use fire, and Harry, when the time came to mm. it, was like, "What do I do?" And then was doing. And here's the thing: they don't know. They don't learn etymology. They don't know what their spells are here to do. He's doing like bodily spells on like undead creatures that aren't going to stop at a mere laceration. And he just like was told what to do twice and didn't do it. Just, just mm. make some fire, man. Are you a witch or not? God damn. I'm so sorry. Devil snare goes all the way. Here, the, the fire for devil snare goes all the way back to the first book. You're not wrong about that. I do have a question though. Okay. Does Harry know how to make fire? He literally <laughs> must. Like, he, um, incendio. We yeah, know he that does. he's supposed <laughs> to know how to make fire. Incendio. If I know it, he should know it. No, I, I, I was legitimately asking. I know he I knows how to make know. water. Okay, well, and here's but where I, this, here's where my video game history with the Harry Potter series messes me up because <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like in year one, year two versions yeah. of the video games, they had Incendio. Well, and is Incendio the same one that Hermione uses to create the? That's her to, special fire. Yeah, to set uh, uh, what's his name, Snape on fire. I don't. We don't know what she says. We don't get to hear it at all. We don't think. actually get to hear it. Okay. But it does seem to be like a custom fire. Like I literally, I think the phrasing is like Hermione had one of her neat little fires in a jar. Like it says that like she had <laughs> developed it herself. Kind of like I'm sitting here making a crochet basket without a pattern. You know, us girls just out here just, figuring shit out. You know, just know how to do it. I and just, I just wanted because both equally the same. Too. Equally cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it was again we're in the wrong chapter but i think it's, it's okay. part of the we need to get to this ending so we need harry to not know how because if dumbledore was telling him how to he probably should have said the incantation is <laughs> oh my god six years of school you know what i mean he was only he was only a like world-renowned educator that's all yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he probably should have. I mean, he was teaching up until the end if we take a look at his conversation with Draco. So it's like, yeah, I guess he could have said the incantation just in case you don't know. Harry, it's we're like going I, to do this spell a few times before going into the death cave because, you know, I don't you trust might need you. it. It's like when friends come over that we haven't hung out with a ton and I'm like, Sean, you remember Emma? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Emma. Hey, it's great to see you. <laughs> it's like, hey, Harry, well, you got to do that fire spell. You remember Incendio? And Harry's like, yeah, yeah. I did remember. Yeah, it's yeah, I did. A sports analogy. It's like if the coach just like brought the team to the game and said, hey, run this play. But like they never actually had a practice. Yeah. <laughs> and never actually went over that play. And he's like, why do you not know how to do this? It's like, well. Because, like, we've literally never done it before. Okay, we've I, literally never done this. I, I All I'm saying is I don't know a single moment in these books where Harry actually made fire come out of his wand on his own. I know, but we skip over six straight years of school. We gloss over it. I think that he has to learn how to make fire in that amount of time. It's a really important human function. You would That's think, but, I, I you know, alas. Yeah. Huh. 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 
You want to know why he got his ass kicked in this chapter, by the way? Harry? Because, because Snape is a tremendously more powerful wizard. <laughs> True that. Oh, please. No, 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 no. Please don't think logically. Uh, no. How many uh, spells, hexes, whatever do you think that he casts in this chapter? Harry? Yeah. Four? Uh, how many different ones or how many no, different just, like times? Just how many? Yeah, just how many times? How many... He was active, right? Like he used he used his he wand quite a bit. I think he did three. Like it's really not a lot. I feel like. Well, he did a couple of crucios that were blocked. He did. Oh yeah, which like I it is kind of funny. Yeah, like, I think he hairy. launched a few <laughs> random like leg locks and stupefies out. I'm guessing like seven to ten somewhere. There were around. a lot of. Per- there were a lot of Petrificus Totaluses yeah. that he was doing. Guess yeah. what he didn't do? Stun? A fire spell. A fire spell. <laughs> Spelliarmus. Ah, wow, his, yeah, yeah. his bread, his and, bread butter, and butter, he didn't Not do it. a single crutch Because he's here used. to kill slash hurt you a lot. Like, he's mad now, and he means it. Because nothing can stop a Harry Potter Expelliarmus spell. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> if he I couldn't believe it. used it, the chapter would have been over. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and then Snape's wand would have belonged to Harry or whatever. Yeah, it just it mm. blew my mind. I actually, I think I listened to the audiobook of this chapter you- three times before this. And on the second time through, I was like, I haven't heard him say Expelliarmus. How did he not wow. use... And so the third time I was like, nope, that was that spell. Nope, that was the... That's nope, so surprising. did not use it. Blew my mind. Wow. And that's why he got his ass kicked because he didn't use Old Trusty. Guys, I opened this second beer which, again, I had a party last weekend and people left beers in my house. I don't know if I said that on the recording or beforehand, but this beer doesn't have a label on it. Well, it's because it doesn't you want it? you to know. It's mysterious. And I think it should really go to show how much I love my friends that I was like, yeah, I'll drink it. They actually just <laughs> didn't know where your bathroom was. <laughs> <laughs> um, that can, uh, that could be true. It, the color's right. <laughs> but then they would have had to reseal the the thing, the cap. Do you remember hammer. unsealing it? I sure do. I sure do remember unsealing it. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? Do you ever like open something like break the seal? And then come back to it five minutes later and like open it too easily. And you go, wait a minute. Did I buy this unsealed? Did I, I just, did I do that? I just assume I'm a super strong boy. Who's uh, really <laughs> coming into latent super strength powers that are very old and were meant to show up when I was a child. Same. <laughs> I think that's puberty. <laughs> One of these days. Wow. Um, Hagrid's house is on fire, guys. <laughs> it is. That's true. It is. Snape is monologuing slash confessing to being the Half-Blood Prince. Oh, yeah. I asked in the Discord server if anyone cares. So at the end of the episode, let's circle back to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Snape, he bitch slaps Harry back with magic, and then he runs and disapparates. Well, thank you, Buckbeak. Oh, Buckbeak. Oh, Buckbeak. Which I forgot about. shows up out of nowhere. I kind yeah. of love the cameo. What's she been yep. up to, honey? Just a, yep. another case of everything happening to or for Harry, him not actually doing anything for himself. Mm-hmm. True. But Sorry, I'm should... frustrated as hell with Harry. No, in this I know. Chapter. He's not. We all are. He's not. Yeah. He's not. He's just not. <laughs> he's being so stupid. Uh, I mean, okay. Have you, I mean, 
Have y'all ever acted out of pure rage? Like, oh, yeah. have like do you get do you get Harry's journey right now? Because <laughs> I kind of as much as I hate it, I it's not like I've never been there. I was sixteen. Oh, no. I I know exactly yeah. what. Yeah. 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 My frustration with Harry is not as much in the chapter. It is how he has caused the chapter. Yeah. Okay. The reason that this chapter exists is because of Harry. Well, yeah. there, there's a certain amount of like his failures throughout the year have also culminated at where we are right now. Right. Like if he I don't had think got, just the year. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but like, for example, specifically, if he had gotten the memories from Slughorn earlier when he was supposed oh. to. Yeah. It would have been on this trip far earlier. It would not be the same night as everything else going down, and you might not have the same outcome, right? Wow. So. Yeah. Well, and I just, sorry, I wanted to get to this at some point in time, and now seems like a good time as any. Let's do it. We're taking every tangent, and I'm like super here for it. Let's never finish the chapter. <laughs> Seven years later. <laughs> in my mind, there was two ways that this should have played out. Mm-hmm. For the series. One, this is the chapter where Dumbledore informs Harry of the plan. Well, last chapter. Sorry. Last chapter yeah. would have been the chapter where Dumbledore informs Harry of the plan, how to destroy Horcruxes, Snape's actual role, like all of those things coming together and it being like a turning point in the plot against Voldemort. Yeah, and um, that's the version where, as we were joking about in last week's episode, um, at the at the pivotal moment, Snape, instead of killing Dumbledore, um, throws him over shoulder, fireman style, and marches him out of the <laughs> tower with Whitney Houston playing in the background, <laughs> and they all figure it out. That's the version that you just described, I feel. Well, I, yeah, but even if... Even if Dumbledore has to die in the last chapter because of the potion, he's not going to make it like whatever, but he level sets with Harry. Look, Snape and I have been planning for this. Okay. This is his role. This is your role. This is what you need to do to make sure Voldemort dies. This is what he needs to do to make sure that you get to kill Voldemort. You two have to work together now. This, so this is like if Snape got to the tower before Draco. And they could like chat about it. Well, this is this is if Dumbledore and Harry would have actually been collaborating the way that they should have or could yeah, have okay. if Harry hadn't failed at occlumency so bad Oof. and proven over the course of several years that he is very susceptible to Voldemort, that he is very impulsive, that he is very emotionally driven and so Dumbledore hasn't been able to confide that into Harry. Mm-hmm. And so that wasn't an option to do. So it had to be the other option, which was, okay, Snape, Harry has to hate you now. Yeah, that's because that's like what he's can't... good at. He's already there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And because the, the worst thing skills. that... Well, the worst <laughs> thing that Dumbledore can do is reveal this to Harry... And then Voldemort just come and get that information and then Snape is dead and Harry has no like behind the scenes like helping force in Dumbledore's mind. Right. Like 
he he can't leave that up to chance and Harry's lack of skills as a wizard. And so he has to go the other way. And that's where I think part of this battle between Snape and Harry is happening. Why? While I think my first reaction is, oh, Snape is going to go on about his dad again because he's just obsessed with that and like can't ever get over that. And I can't stand Snape. But I think at that moment, too, he's saying whatever he has to say that he know is going to enrage Harry so badly that he is going to leave with a seething hatred of him. And that is your dad was a coward. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And then he should have kicked Harry's ass and then Harry go on his Rocky montage during <laughs> camping and become a badass wizard boy who could actually go toe to toe with Snape of all people in a duel, let alone fucking Voldemort. But that doesn't happen either. So we actually need him to win on a technicality at the end because we get Ooh, neither yeah. of those scenarios. <laughs> and it's because Harry is just your average wizard and everything that happens within this story happens either to him or for him. Yep. <laughs> end rant. Yeah. <laughs> this is neither here nor there, but I remember for the longest time I was a big believer in the idea of like somehow the hand that was made for Wormtail was going to be part of what killed Voldemort because oh, it talks yeah. about like one must die at the other's hands or whatever. Mm. It's so like oddly specific. And then he literally like made a hand. It sort of does. It, like, it kills Wormtail. That's for and sure. that's what allows them to like escape. Yeah. True. But um, it's all connected because it's all serving Harry. <laughs> yeah, I don't it. I think it, I think part of it is the frustration because Dumbledore catches a lot of shrapnel, mm -hmm. particularly in this like sec. Like he, Harry's not prepared. Yeah, and a lot of that is on Dumbledore for not preparing him. But at the same time, there were certain like there were certain things that Dumbledore just couldn't share, couldn't because Harry wasn't ready for them yet. Yeah, mm, I think I just still would have told him if the stakes were this high. You know. I don't think I know what I would do, which is part of the reason he I don't think yeah, I'm dying. going to be a he headmaster of dying. a uh, Like, you got to get the information school. off here. Uh, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I like how I think you say one... that so exasperated as if we've all been in this scenario. Like, right. come <laughs> you know, on. You know this is a normal thing. Right. I. The Snape thing is like, I get it. Yeah. You got to keep that card in play. The one that uh, that I that I don't think you can uh, forgive, I guess, Dumbledore of not passing on the is like, how do you kill a Horcrux? Yeah. Yep. When especially when it turns out the answer is like, well, there's actually like a bunch of different answers, and they're all in this school. <laughs> yeah, and they all involve like weapons and fire, and hey a man, school. If, you, if you ever need anything. <laughs> If you ever need to destroy anything, I think the Sword of Gryffindor would probably be really good at that. Just in case you're wondering, it's right here in this case. You actually are welcome to look at it whenever yeah. you want to. It's a really handy thing that you drew this out of a fucking hat <laughs> a few yeah. years ago. Literally. Yeah. Anyway, mm. that's and this is the chapter like because of that. This is the chapter that like kind of culminates in like this is the chapter that breaks Harry as a hero for me. Because of like it's all laid out in this like this scenario, he is so bad in this duel against Snape. Like 
He's, <laughs> he really is. Yeah. The idea that he's going to be the savior and kill Voldemort head to head in any scenario? This guy? Yeah. Yeah, I hate to say it, but like Harry's really just way too emotional. <laughs> well, he's not good at magic he's at this not good level. At magic at, for for sure, but he's also like I don't think doing anything properly or thoughtfully at all because he's in a blind rage. Yeah. I agree I've with you. I've been there before. I've, that's how I, you, that's how you end up like throwing your own phone and breaking it. Yep. You know what I mean? He's and and people will throw whatever they do at their computer screens or whatever. When I say he's not good at magic, because well, he taught the DADA. He is good at using magic to like protect and get out of situations. He's very natural at that, and he's very natural at like imparting the confidence in others to learn it as well. He does that really well. He would make a great defense against the dark arts teacher. Mm -hmm. If the books had decided to go that route as they should have. He's, he's, he's he's not smart. Well, he's, but he's also, he is not a, like, he is not good in a sense of going toe to toe and dueling somebody. Well, he lost that year of school to theory when Umbridge was the defense. That was the one. That was the one. (laughs) No, you're right. Like he, he really hasn't had much practical application and thinking back to previous climaxes of all the other books, he does do a lot of running, let's say. Run, 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 run away. He's a runner. <laughs> That's cool. You got to do that while you're still quick enough to get away, kid. <laughs> yep. It's the juxtaposition between like, okay, you can get out of situations and stay alive. <laughs> but can you kill? Yeah, like, are you going to handle this? Yeah, and he, he can't kill. And he can't buy the end of the series either true <laughs> and that's true. where it's like that's, that's where, where the technicality comes in, comes in. <laughs> and the technicality i i would absolutely adore if there was like an alternative version of book five that was written by members of the da who weren't like in his immediate friend group who like had Ernie to like McMillan. right who were like explain that like the way that he teaches things is horribly inept and he's actually terrible at the job because he's like well what you do is you just like do the thing so like you like cast the spell and you do it like like boo and people are like I think you're just remembering the movie yeah I think you're just remembering the movie where try it like this one of the funniest like like tropes in movies to me is like those kinds of montages he's like not Harry Potter in that uh, Dumbledore's army scene is like it's like you must always remember to believe and yourself. And it's only when we all fight together and he's like adjusting people's posture and like giving them thumbs up <laughs> while he's doing this. And it's like, you're not doing anything. Anything, <laughs> anything at all. Doing, Which doing makes sense right because now. you're not actually a teacher. Like He's a coach. Surprise, like, surprise, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. surprise, surprise. There are people who are really good at this and we call them teachers. Yeah. And like we pay them to do that job because they're very good at it. And they're trained. And they're, they're trained, so trained. And they know what they're doing. And we should pay them so much more. So much more. And yeah. that that's a thing. And, like, it turns out that if you're just a random 15-year-old boy, you're probably not a great teacher. True. Probably not. But those kids learned it. They, right? Like, um, and they use true. it. <laughs> that is true. They, there are kids that are there right now using stuff that he taught them to stay alive right now. 
there are people who kids who use it in the next book during like the big battle to like stay alive right then. But I think that's the key. It's to stay alive, to protect yourself, to defend yourself against dark arts. It's not. All he has is trauma responses. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not stand toe to toe with somebody and say, oh no, one of us is walking away from this. It's going to be me. Like those are two (laughs) different things. And Harry doesn't have that second one and he never like develops it. Mm. Yeah. Okay guys. Um, we put out the fire we on did. Hagrid's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hagrid puts it with out his with... umbrella. He just has his umbrella handy, by the way. I know. Like, I really <laughs> want to know more about the umbrella. Like, I hope he uses it all the time and just not usually in front of Harry, which is why we don't usually see it. I hope he uses it and then turns to a camera that isn't there and says, secrets. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's like Hagrid's thing is he like uses it in front of people and then just turns to a camera that isn't there. And everyone's like. Hagrid, are you? Oh, you just have this one, buddy. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to look the other direction. Sometimes, and sometimes I do like turn and make. I, sometimes when like you know Sean says something like really stupid or whatever, and I'm just alone. I you I definitely turn and look at the camera, and I'm like, <laughs> try to find do it. Do you guys believe this? <laughs> <laughs> You're just Secrets. a character on the office at all exactly, times. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, goddamn. I wish I had an audience. I think every picture that I'm in, I have the gym smirk, like all of them. So I get it. Okay. So Hagrid's like, what's happening? And Harry takes a full page to get out the words that Snape killed Dumbledore. It's not good. It's not like moving. It's just like, it's, it's almost comical, right? Because he's like, Hagrid, Dumbledore, he's, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see Dumbledore because he's going to put out my house and fix everything right. No, Hagrid, he's dead. Who's dead? What? Well, I'm sure Dumbledore. It's like who's on first. (laughs) It's just like every little time he's like, no, Dumbledore is dead. What? No, you must have heard something (laughs) wrong. Like. It's very hard. Why would you, what makes you say that? Harry, don't say yeah. something like that. Anyway. <laughs> it's really, it's really kind of wild. Uh, yeah, it's like, a I painful don't know. part. I would trust a kid who said that to me. I'd be like, okay, well, let's investigate that. <laughs> this seems like something we need to go over. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so funny because I, I'm like an idiot and sometimes I just write down stuff in a way that is really dumb and, and then I look at it later. So I wrote down, Hagrid is hesitant to believe in. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's like a su- way to put it. such a wild understatement. Like he just absolutely <laughs> refuses to even remotely consider it as a, as a real concept. <laughs> and he keeps yeah. cutting Harry off too, where it's just like, let him get the words out. My yeah, guy. <laughs> like listen to this kid. Listen to your heart. Nobody's listened to him this entire book, and that's why we're here. I know. But they, they do ultimately walk up to the school, and, like, people are huddling around something on the lawn. Okay, guys, I gotta, I gotta ask you. Radio Mike brought this up in last week's episode. Um, he didn't phrase it quite like this, but don't you think Dumbledore would have splatted? At that, at that height? Don't you think there would have been some ugliness down here he's landing on grass right uh, yeah yeah but the, i i don't I, know the last time you fell on to like it's still pretty just, hard underneath the dirt, couple yeah. inches hard, of, but <laughs> I, I think it takes a lot more to sp- 
uh, humans aren't designed to splat, right? So it takes what? a lot to make a splat. What's the soil like? Because I mean, you figure people have survived being like because... sucked out of airplanes and shit, like. But but landing on like Virginia clay that'll kill you. Well, yeah, but that's Virginia <laughs> clay. That's not like grass. <laughs> well, I think I don't. Hmm. I think it depends on what your definition of splat is. Right, like, like don't did, you, I don't did you he think, become goo? No, no, I don't. But I don't think he became. Would there goo, be but blood? Don't you yes. think? Like they, they kind of just act like he's just sleeping. I'm not joking. Like they, it, it, well, he's they, they just specify there. besides the fact that his limbs are like splayed in the wrong directions and whatnot, yeah. which like kind of makes it sound more like a cockroach. Yeah, I, I truly think that this was the the attempt to not make the scene gruesome to read for the okay like reader totally like, so yeah. what so what i'm hearing is that you do think realistically it would have been grosser but it's just kind of glossed over for children is that right yeah because i think that i think what us what does it say like apart from the strange like ways that his limbs are spl- i think that is supposed to Basically, tell us they're it's, like it's very, very broken. Okay. Well, like, you I, know what I, I mean. Like you. they're How? like his body is broken, but he look like he looks at peace, and they're not going to be like, oh, there he's laying in a pool of blood with every limb, and there's bones sticking out of some of his. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, they just okay. didn't go there sure. for How, the audience. How tall of a fall are we talking? It's the top of it's the, the tallest, tallest tower right. of Hogwarts. Right. But like how tall, I, uh, that's what I'm saying is I don't that's know. Like it's a castle. 10 stories tall maybe? Like it's, it's See, up there. See, if it's there. only 10 stories, I don't think that's splat at all. Oh. Well, again, I, stories, don't, I, I think like, it depends on it your. It could be 20 stories. I don't know. But I think that, I think genu- generally speaking, bones can be broken a lot easier than for like true like, like cartoon levels of splat, yeah yeah right? i don't think we're like yeah, I, I don't I think, think we're you there. almost need like concrete and like a much higher well like at least a few dozen okay to like get full-on splat right okay all right i, I just what? i yeah we don't have to linger on it any further <laughs> i i think there was i think there was um realism level of splat that just wasn't described I feel you, like not in detail. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he's turning to goo. Just kids like puking in the corner the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, regardless, he's dead. He's definitely dead. That he's very there dead. He is, he's dead. Very much dead. dead. Yes. Very dead. Yeah. Um, and Harry just kind of like kneels there for a while, and then he realizes he's kneeling on the locket. After a long mm-hmm. time. So he takes it out. He takes a look and it says he knows right away that, that something's wrong. It doesn't look the way that he remembers from the memory. And there's a piece of paper inside. I literally put in my notes. Just read it. Page 609. Bitch, I don't have my book. Who do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, fuck you. I stole your locket. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, love regulus yeah. black <laughs> i figured out your secret and i'm hoping that when someone may more way more powerful and capable than me fights you you're not immortal 
Mm-hmm. Love the funniest, you, Regulus. <laughs> Rad. That's the funniest part of this to me is it starts with, I want you to know that I was the one who discovered your secret. So and then he signs it as initials and not his name. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Well, it's like, you're right. Is there a scenario where Voldemort actually recognizes Regulus Black? Like, do, do any of us think that he would actually know? Because I genuinely think he would have just sat there and been like, who the hell is R.A.B.? Does anyone <laughs> yeah. know an R.A.B.? Yeah, he, w- he wouldn't have had a clue who R.A.B. was. He might have, kn- because he was a Death Eater. Yeah. But Running he was through, a- He checked his Rolodex. He was like, yeah. because this was like, what, like 86 or whatever? <laughs> like, it was, yeah, a, it was long a long time, time ago. ago. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's, it's wild. It it's just the silliest thing. But I, I want you to know it was I because was you know me. I'm dying right now. This is my last moment of breath, and I want you to know. Signed, you're never gonna know. Signed, <laughs> not my admirer. name. <laughs> yeah, not me. It, it should. It was I, Regulus Arcturus Black. Is how that would have right. actually gone. Because yeah. otherwise, Voldemort and that's a good name. Then, you got to sign that name in full every yeah. time. It's very sexy. And then you still have the mystery because Harry can be like, who's that? Who the, Who fuck? the fuck is that? <laughs> well, and like, otherwise, I'm just imagining Voldemort looking over at like Bellatrix like, do we know an R.A.B.? Who's an R.A.B.? Yeah. <laughs> no. no. I just, is this your sister? Is that who this? No. <laughs> okay. No, no clue. Because Harry doesn't rec- like Harry doesn't remember the name Regulus until he's staring at it on the. You know. <laughs> he's literally staring directly at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know he's heard it before, <laughs> but he's not in that moment going to be like, "Oh, I totally know who that is." Guys, look at this basket I've been crocheting. Isn't that cool? That's you, you have made a basket. Uh, it's also very very clear through audio format. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the fans will I guess love I, it. I guess I'm you guys, not all you guys. <laughs> Um, okay, hey, you so, guys. so it wasn't even a Horcrux. Dumbledore All waste. died, and it's not even a Horcrux. And that's the and taste. it's not destroyed. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the taste we have in our mouths right now. And yes, zero down and zero more down, so same to go. Okay, Great so use of resources. Yeah, exactly. So I asked 40 minutes ago in the Discord. Honest question, who cares if Snape is the Half-Blood Prince and why? And the only person who's answered is Sam. Love you, Sam, from Content and Capable, who said, Upon retrospect, I agree, but Harry obsessing over it made you care so much. So Mm. that's our only insight. (laughs) Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. It's so funny because I was like, oh, everyone's going to answer this. But then I just did not not see it or have enough time. But I'm sure we'll get some vibrant discourse going on in there because of that conversation. Discord members, you all remember a few weeks ago when the (laughs) conversation just went crazy a little bit after nine (laughs) o'clock at night. (laughs) <laughs> when well, Sam's answering from the future even so yeah. you know That's true. Just, just dub in and edit here in the future <laughs> yeah just dub in and edit here of all the 76 more responses that we got since then Sam tell me the y'all, lottery numbers <laughs> y'all I can't believe we've managed to talk about this chapter for 90 minutes let's keep going so <laughs> I really like I when I first started reading it 
uh, let's say 78 minutes ago, I was like, I need to read this slower. I, we're blasting through this, but we really made it happen and I'm proud of us. Zach, well is, done. is there anything that we like didn't get to talk about that you wanted to or any like favorite moments or anything you wanted to bring up again before we wrap it up? I actually have a thing. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm bringing it up is because it does go back to, again, me saying that Harry doesn't like develop into the hero mm-hmm. in this story. Okay. This should have been in the movie. What we got in the movie was Bellatrix battling silverware. Mm. but this should have been in the movie wait what do you mean so in the the end of the half-blood prince movie dumbledore dies it's bellatrix and snape and they are like running through and they go through the great hall and bellatrix stands on the tables kicks over some cups and goes ah and like breaks glass okay that's the battle Mm. portion of this like chapter and then they get to Hagrid's Bellatrix catches it on fire. Snape does the reveal. It's Bellatrix that, you know, Crucio's Harry. And he says, no, he belongs because to the Doc Lord. Another, blah, 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 another blah, blah. time that the film said that we're going to make this irredeemable character redeemable. Yep. Well, it's by taking spells like away from Snape and put, making Bellatrix do him. But it was so all of the uh, whatever stuff that I've seen from behind the scenes is like, well, we couldn't put a battle at hogwarts in the sixth movie because the battle at hogwarts is the climax Gotta of this entire budget, movie this series isn't, this isn't even a battle it's, it's like a little tiff yeah <laughs> well right but that's the like but that's the to me that's the reason this is what harry does in that battle too he just has harry and ron with him running around while everybody fights and it's like it really is like this exact same thing twice yeah, and if Harry right. would have like become the hero, that battle at Hogwarts the second time would have gone completely different and it wouldn't be the same scene. Like, I mean, granted, they could have saved some money because they could have just like, you know, shot it once. But <laughs> that's wow. But that that bugs me because this would have been a great ending to the sixth movie, but we don't get it. And in retrospect, it's because mm. they couldn't have the same thing twice. And it kind of would have been the same thing twice. Interesting. And if he was a real hero, he, it would have gone not the same thing mm-hmm. twice. <laughs> <laughs> grow, my child, grow. Yeah. Just develop. Well, <laughs> I Get think, better. I mean, not to drag this out, but like, I think he, that it shows he does grow because he sacrifices himself like very undramatically in the end. It's not the sacrificing. It's the undramaticness of the sacrifice where I'm like, you have grown. Yeah. Yeah. All of his growth is mental. He is, he is the prototypical hero. Uh, like in spirit embodiment. Yeah. Like, like, um, like, uh, John, what's his name? His characteristics. Joseph Campbell's the hero. hero, The hero. Yeah. He's journey. He is, he is everything that you want to root for in a hero at his makeup of, you know, him as a person mm. of his perseverance, what he overcomes in his life. Like all of, all of those notes are all there. What's not is his magical abilities to do the thing he's supposed to actually do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sure. Sure. Not, I mean, he doesn't pay attention in class, you know, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have skills. He literally is like, ew, school. And it's like, hey, man. 
Why don't you just? You literally why don't you got just opened be grateful up, for what you have. Yeah, you got opened up to a magical world, literally the likes of which you could never imagine, and you're just gonna be like, "Oh, I don't want to do homework." He doesn't want Quidditch, to. bro. Quidditch is life. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get any Quidditch in this chapter. And that's one of the good things about it. <laughs> one of its strongest points, if we're being honest. <laughs> Hey, Quidditch is a great sport if, you know, the seeker doesn't exist. Quidditch is a great sport if you're there for the laughs. Mm. (laughs) Andrew, do you have any final final thoughts about this chapter? Just keep running. running. You know, cardio is important. (laughs) You got a stitch in your chest, but you got to keep going. You know, that that's... Ooh, if you run, if you run fast enough, maybe all of your mistakes and pain will stay in the past and Dude, you it's won't true. have to I, deal with it. That's why I run for sure. Straight mm-hmm. up. That's exactly why. So outrun those emotions, folks. <laughs> maybe I should take yeah. up running. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to plugs. Zach, where can the people find you on the Internet? Yeah, so belatedbinge.com is where the Harry Potter stuff lives, as well as other stuff. Um, I also do basketball stuff that probably nobody listening to this podcast cares about. Maybe like um, one to four people who listen to this podcast. (laughs) A solid four folks. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's called basketball if you want to, you know, like basketball. And I'll explain that to reach out and I'll explain it. Okay. Because that's <laughs> the four people that care. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and definitely listen to Belated Binge. And I've been on a couple episodes. Not, I'm not saying... Very those, recently, I'm actually. I'm not saying those are like the better episodes. But I'm just saying that they could be a starting point for you. If you're looking to sample, a little sampler. They're quite great episodes. They're also back-to-back episodes. Yes. Hell yeah. I love that. I think that because it feels crazy. I I talk about every single one of these chapters, but it feels crazy to think about coming and talking about just one. Like a chapter like this, Zach, I can't believe you just came and talked about only this chapter. Like (laughs) starting at like the most like emotional, like crazy level (laughs) and just like spiraling (laughs) from there. (laughs) Maybe that's why I was giving Harry shit in this chat because I hadn't, you know, felt the weight of him the entire Interesting. That's interesting. That might be like a very real thing. Um, and what's something that you've been watching or reading or listening to lately you think that our listeners might enjoy? I, I honestly don't know. Um, That's fine. Yeah. That is a perfectly uh, acceptable answer. You're allowed. Well, I'll, I will give you, I'll give you the one that I said to you on one of our um, previous episodes on my podcast. Um, if you haven't watched it because you don't like motorcycles. We talked about Hagrid in this one too, big old burly biker, uh, is uh, you should watch Sons of Anarchy because it is Hamlet on motorcycles. And if you are into like the story art, you, it does not take much to get past the bikes and bullets of it all to realize there is a lot more there than the fact that they wear wear leather vests. And I don't think everybody gives it that chance. So do that. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, Andrew, what's your plug this week? Well, it's January, which means it's time for my uh, my yearly rewatch of The West Wing. And man, I uh, just... That's why you did your PowerPoint about it. You were uh-huh. thinking about it. There we had a go. PowerPoint party and it was really fun. 
and I surprised everyone by doing Not the West doing Wing. Not doing K-pop? Yeah. Got to zig when people think you're going to zag. What can I say? Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I highly recommend watching it at least one time. At least seasons one through four, uh, at least once in your life. So now might be at a good time At this point, I'm going to recommend a PowerPoint party because that's certainly not one that I've ever been it invited to. Was it was fantastic really <laughs> and has released one of the greatest reactions I've ever seen anyone have to anything. And I just, I love it. It, it, Are you talking about that video of Rachel gaping? Oh my god! It is <laughs> just chef's kiss, just chef's kiss. Yeah, Perfect. we had some really good presentations. I did mine about um, Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein, which was not nearly as funny, but definitely very informative. We had someone do a presentation about um, how to die in weird ways in The Sims. My friend Courtney did hers about. Pucking, which is apparently a thing that is just real. casually drop that, you know, <laughs> can, can we talk about the person that had the funniest slide of the what? night? Grace. Which one? No, <laughs> that's what I'm it's saying. So, okay. That's why I asked. It's that's so why funny. No, she, 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 Grace brought her new boyfriend. She would hate it. I, hey, Grace, if you're listening, I'm telling everyone you have a new boyfriend. <laughs> but she brought, Congratulations. She brought her new boyfriend to the PowerPoint I hope it's party. going well still. And then when she started presenting, she her first slide said everything I know about, about boyfriend. <laughs> and we were like, is this what your presentation is about? But it wasn't. It was a it was prank not. and it, it was, was extremely amazing. funny. It was, it was really good. so fucking funny. The room was like dead silent. And we were like, okay, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's really good. It was fucking hysterical. It was no, and her presentation ultimately, Grace's presentation was, was funny. Um, so, something yeah. along the. I'm not like exactly getting it right, but it was like specific aspects of scientific uh, it, scientific big, subjects that I don't understand. Yeah, big concepts I don't get. And it was like how planes stay in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, girl. Big ships, huh? <laughs> and doesn't Arthur Weasley? Isn't that like his? Um, greatest ambition or whatever is to find out yeah, how that is stay up. that's very funny we can bring anything back to harry potter y'all there guys we go. i think so my basket is like pretty short and lopsided so i think i accidentally made a cat bed that only penny can fit in because she's my smallest cat well you just subconsciously wanted there to be another cat bed for penny it's really yeah. lumpy the bitch yeah. is cold, okay? Update about my cat, Penny. The bitch is cold. She sleeps on top of my heat vents with her face pressed against the metal because the bitch is cold. <laughs> she forgets what things in the house have heat, electric heat that I bought for her, and she won't sleep on them because she's like, that looks ugly. I hate it. But it's like, <laughs> this has a heat pad for you. And she's like, I'll sleep on the metal grate. <laughs> Sounds like a cat. Yeah. Uh, all right. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And I don't have anything to plug this week, guys. I haven't been doing anything other than playing Baldur's Gate 3. So I'm going to take a pass. You know what? It's been this is almost <laughs> the end of season six of this podcast. I don't think I've ever taken a pass. So I'm ta I'm using it now. My homework pass. The one pass you get for that. The entire series. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I'm actually disappointed in you. Play Baldur's Gate with your partner. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> For three weeks in a row. There you go. That's a plug. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Zach. For I feel like 
whenever you come on the podcast, we really do get into like some nitty gritty, like really like big plot stuff. And I love it. So thank you so much for coming on. I'm just glad that you still want me to come do this. Well, the first, is it right that the first episode you ever did was the Veritas Serum episode? Or did you come on before that? That is 100% accurate. So you like set this precedent of like, I will stay on the call for two hours and I will talk about this really <laughs> obscure stuff. Like, <laughs> so, so I'm very grateful for your time and energy. Happy to be of service. Thank you for having me and letting me talk to these people that still listen to this stuff at this point of minute. <laughs> yeah. 177 D12. Wow, good math. Thanks. <laughs> and Andrew, as always, thank you for being a pal. You are so welcome. Thank you for being a pal. Anytime. Woohoo! That's it, Potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. I'm Christina Kahn. And I'm Leela Hilton. And this is Burn Before Reading. The podcast about shitterature. We're here to examine the terrible writing we did when we were younger. Uh, like that school project you were really proud of. Or that poem you wrote when you got dumped. Well, how about that apology letter you wrote to your mom when you got into that fight? Or the song you recorded before you knew how to write music. Okay, don't at me. <laughs> and we're here to talk about other cringy literary topics along the way. Like the Library of Alexandria. And Dewey Decimal. His name was Melville. Melville Dewey. Oh, well, do we want to get the clips rolling? I don't think I ever recovered from this in terms of being cool. Why did I say any of this? I do like the drama. So there is actually quite a bit to unpack here. Oh, all this drama was so addictive as a teenager. There's no punctuation to it. I'll start with that. I actually have no memory of this. There were so many, so many lies that I was telling it. It's not terrible. No one like really taught me how to write a good short story. That was a journey. Listen to Burn Before Reading every Wednesday, wherever pods are cast. When you record one like every like seven or eight weeks, it's every, always this fun moment of like, I wonder what just happened. Oh, do you think I should like go back and listen to it? <laughs> nah, I'll be fine. And then like you start listening to the one that you're about to record. And you're like, oh, yeah, oh. one or two things happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I definitely had to make sure that I listened to the previous chapter just to make sure that I was like in the right book to start with. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then I was like, maybe I should listen to the next. No, I don't. I, I, I don't need to listen to the next one. Dave X Media.